my God, I have to tell you. What? 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 Therapist Unfiltered. We're therapists. We're unfiltered. Unfiltered for your pleasure. Therapist Unfiltered. Good. Good. Hi, guys, and welcome to Therapist Unfiltered, a podcast brought to you by two therapists talking about relationships and everything in between from A to Z. I'm A. And I'm Z. And today we are in the company of Mr. Alex Moreau. And we were just talking with him about whether he has a spiel or a title or what we should tag on to his name. And really what you should know is... If you're not having great sex, we need to talk. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So we have a little bit of info at the end. So if you guys have any questions um, for Alex or anything that you would like us to relay after you listen in, we can definitely help with that. And today, since... Alex has just said what he just said. We're going to be talking a lot about sex, sex therapy, therapy with sex, sex as being therapeutic, yeah, <laughs> BDSM, just everything sex. Misconceptions, uh-huh. taboo, how things are compartmentalized societally. I mean, we're going to get deep. But we didn't even touch, like, everything about it. So, yeah. yep, it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be good. So tell us about how you just even got, like, just bring us through the process of everything. Like, how you got into sexuality sex. and sex and all I was, these different, the lifestyle. I was raised Mormon. I I was very sheltered as a child. I had bouts of sexuality throughout my life, but I was always very sexual, so I was always seeking it, but mm-hmm. um, always felt very guilty about actually getting it. But when I had a partner who was overly adamant things would always progress um so I had my first hand job from a babysitter at 11 um I was you know making out with a lot of my babysitters before 15 um and my first well first offer for a threesome when I was 15 so I was always very sexual and I always attracted a very I was always very affectionate so sexuality always went along with that um dancing always helped because it was already an intimate thing especially as a younger kid Mm -hmm. um what kind of dance did you do uh everything i started in ballroom um then i joined a b-boy crew i was a popper um did locking um at 18 i was a primary instructor at a major dance ballroom studio i did two and a half years at a classical studio tap jazz ballet Mm -hmm. Um, I did corporate stuff for about six years for my primary profession, um, traveled around and, uh, USO shows and stupid stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not stupid. it was, it was, <laughs> very stupid. It was stupid. ridiculous. Um, it was fun. We got to pay to party. It was, it was yeah. easy. It got, it paid well when it, when we had a gig. So, so dancing was always kind of an undertow of. A lot of my sexuality but um yeah I was 19 decided like you know what I'm done with this church lifestyle I'm gonna go have sex with my girlfriend mm-hmm. and um lost my virginity two and a half years later her and I broke up and then and then it became social experimentation mm-hmm. uh every girl I've ever dated pursued um had sex with was always about an experience of something new Um, so it would, I would go into dating situations with, I need to figure out the pros and cons of acting like this because I don't really know any better. So I'm, they always say the bad boy is like the one that they want. So I would, 
pick up a girl and I would start dating her and we'd get into a relationship and the entire time my persona was the bad boy. Mm-hmm. I would play the part. I would delve into what pros and cons were of that um, because as growing up I was the nice guy mm-hmm. to everyone and it was ridiculous. So I needed to learn something else. <laughs> um, and then I then I went about the opposite way. I was super nice and I was did I was the perfect boyfriend and played that part and that was sickening um because it because no one wants that because girls get bored of that because there so there's value in in all aspects of things and um so as I kind of grew out of that experimentation phase I I started kind of delving into you know realistically what else is there um you know I was probably around 24, 23, 24, when I was um, kind of having this life-altering shift of this isn't enough. Like, I was always pursuing different girls, even when I was in a relationship. Um, I wasn't cheating, but I was I was always, always looking for something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I was 25, I broke up with the girl I was dating for a year, um, and that was that was a weird time because um, my mom was working at this salon and the owner or the manager of the salon heard that I had broken up with my girlfriend. She's like, oh, I'll be his rebound. And the manager of your the manager mom. of her, her salon was oh, like, man. I'll be his rebound if he wants. And she was beautiful. Did she, she know anything about you? Gorgeous. Nothing. She just- well, she, I mean, we had met before, right, and like uh-huh. they they hung out all the time. And my mom was, mm-hmm. my mom and I were really close, so she was talking. Mm-hmm. Oh, Alex just broke up with his girlfriend and all this uh-huh. stuff, and she's I'll be his rebound. Mm-hmm. And so I had a two week affair with her, um, before I proposed to her. Would you be interested in bringing a friend in? And she, oh no no no, and mm-hmm. I think she was getting a little too attached. She was she got. It was supposed to be very casual and fun and... A rebound. um, A rebound, rebound. absolutely. (laughs) Um, But then at the same time, um, I started this thing with girls where I would interview them before I had sex with them. What would you ask them in these interviews? So what's what's your... What are you into? Have you played with toys? How many times do you come in a night? Um, What what are your favorite... It it started... My interviews started as a very... um, vanilla basic understanding of a woman's sexuality because I was very interested and intrigued but when so she was she was about six years older than me in her 30s and uh when she she's oh I've had sex with tons of guys I've had like oh 50 guys and I was like okay that's that's about where I was at at the time I I really pushed myself from 19 to 25 to as many partners as I could find while fitting in relationships. I was like, okay, so we're about on that same level. And I'm like, so what kind of position? She goes, well, you mean like like missionary or doggy style? And it was like, oh, you, okay, so you only know a couple positions. And I'm like, so how many times you come in a night? And her face went blank. She had no idea what I was talking about. Um, didn't didn't understand whatsoever. So I'm like, oh, okay. Well, well what toys do you use? And again, blank. It would. So what I realized was I was Barbie? I was 25, <laughs> and this woman who was had as many, if not maybe a couple more partners than me, had no experience with sex. And that's when I was just like, this is not acceptable. 
Like, this is ridiculous. This is... And so those two weeks were eye-opening for her because our first... Because I, I took her to bed after that, and I was like, all right, sweetheart, like, let's let's go. <laughs> she came, like, so before, like, we yeah. even had sex, she had come four times. Like, it was... Total? In her life? Oh, no, 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 no. No, that, no. that, it, that time. That time. Oh, 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 yeah, oh. Yeah, before, oh, like, okay. I'm like, all right, let me put my dick inside of you. Yeah. She had already come four times, and she was just... After that, it was just... It was two weeks of just lust. So she fell very hard, so it was... This makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So it, we went and got her toys, and we went on... We went out to Palm Springs and just got a resort... Went to a resort and, like, just fucked the entire time. Like, we just... It was ridiculous. Um, this sounds amazing. <laughs> it was super fun. It was It was very fun. She was gorgeous. It was, it, was, it was a great time. But then I proposed, hey, so you got any friends? And she just shut down. And I'm like, she okay, well... Fine. This is this is the way I'm going, and this yeah. is the, so. What happened was, is I went back to my ex, who had gone through a lot of the talks and training of the hypnosis that that I had gone through because she was a dancer as well. So we were all kind of involved in the same group, and I said, "Hey, so I'm starting a poly group if you're interested," and she jumped on board. Um, so okay, explain to us what <laughs> poly group is. So, at the time, I was looking at a, uh, they called it polyfidelious. Mm -hmm. So, what I wanted was multiple long-term relationships. So, I was looking to date her, and I was looking to add any other bisexual girls who were interested in a group relationship. So, um, there was the individual relationship with me, there was the individual relationship with each of the other girls, and then there was the group dynamic that we would all be fostering. Um, to create kind of this loving mm -hmm. um, environment. Is there like a max capacity? Mm. Like... Three to five is typically um, ideal, but okay. no, there isn't. Um, it, it all depends on, I mean, I don't know when you define any other time for more than that. Okay. Because yeah. to be completely honest, I mean, I have a pretty big sex drive, but pleasing. More I, than that. Yeah. More than that is... is is difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was I was dancing eight hours a day at the time, and I was in really good shape, but I had my limits too. It was, mm -hmm. you hit a point, and you're just, you can't do it. So, at the time, so we started, um, we started looking for girls. Um, a girl, a very good friend of mine, who I'd known for three or four years, I just kind of floated the idea. I was like, hey, like, this is, we're kind of like, you know, starting this new relationship, and we're looking for bisexual girls, and she's like, oh, that sounds amazing. I'm like, well, would you be interested? Because I think you're gorgeous, so mm -hmm. you want to, and she's like, well, can we talk more about it? And so we started talking, and that's when I started kind of really developing my, my actual interviews that I would perform with mm -hmm. these girls. Okay. Um, that kind of developed from there, but um, so we started a relationship, and there was it was the three of us for a while. From there, I started delving into some uh, some very interesting social understandings of really how people were, because the the relationship in and of itself gave me the opportunity to see people at at a wider spectrum of themselves, because we don't present the real us to the people we see. We in a space you know that's safe and comfortable that's provided for us that's when we can really start becoming ourselves and so i started developing these theories that kind of helped me deal with people a little bit easier so uh yeah from there it was uh, that relationship lasted uh, just with the three of us possibly about six seven months 
one of those theories kind of came back and did what I thought it was going to do. The girl reverted back to a childhood state. It was it got to being really uncomfortable for everyone, so we had to break it off and move forward because, in my opinion, it just it wasn't right, what was right for her. So we separated and moved on, um, and then it was just a matter of bringing new girls in. And for the next five years, it was new girls and a lot of dating and a lot of weird experiences and bad experiences and good experiences and different and it was. I mean, at the most, we had, there was four girls in the relationship at one time. Most I ever had in my bed was two at a time. It was just, a, it became a, a never-ending flow of sexuality and new experiences. Mm -hmm. um, but um, it was really where I got to kind of delve into a lot of my own, uh, not only my own sexuality, because I eventually, after taking a lot of these girls through this multi-orgasmic experience, I was like, I'm jealous. I need to, I need to go on my own journey. I need to figure out myself because, growing up Mormon, sex is always, was always very guilty for me. And I, I mean, yeah. I, when I was when I first started having sex, I went like seven months where I couldn't even come from like penetration. Like it was, it was really rough. So I went into my own tantric exploration and uh, became multi orgasmic, and so jumped into that. Started experimenting with prostate massage and ended up having sex with a number of guys and trans and BDSM came along and that was amazing because experience flogging before it's mm -hmm. wonderful mm -hmm. it's uh, pain is therapeutic pain is um, highly erotic if you allow it to be and then teaching people about pain and saying yes versus saying no and some amazing stuff it just kind of all kept evolving it seems like you had such an open mind to even like allow for all of that to happen it has to and it, yeah exactly and i think that's where a lot of people like are so weary of it because they don't have that open mind about it and they're missing out because i'm like listening to you i'm like <laughs> like listen yeah. to this journey this yeah. is uh, this is like there's there's a lot of like <laughs> feeling like you're not allowed to Mm -hmm. And that's a, we've talked about, like, the societal undertones to whether it's seeking mm -hmm. therapy, anything mm -hmm. for anything sexually related. And I think we've done a really bad job as society, um, as a society, in um, making sex an other topic and also um, it's taboo. stigmatizing uh -huh. it so hard. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, people are... Are afraid of being judged they think that oh it's not gonna work or it's only for people who are fucked up if you're curious then that makes you a bad person there's depraved all lunatics out yeah there. exactly yeah. or if you like this then you must be a fucked up person and there's just so many levels of <clears throat> othering and stigma and taboo that i mean the cost then is that you're you're really you're not living your best life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's true, and and the, what's even worse because that that that's just about sex. Yeah, yeah. When you yeah. attach when you attach female sexuality yeah. into it, yeah, it's a no go. Yeah. for everyone. Yeah. Nope. If you look up what you know of the vagina, the schematic mm -hmm. of a vagina, Google. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's even it's unfortunate because everyone's like, oh yeah, it's just a straight tube and that's just what it, no, what it is. No. And that's, that's how it works, right? You just yeah. stick the penis in and no. you just, and then, then the babies come and that's, that's how it works. <laughs> there are so many aspects to, one of my favorite things was I, I'd get women coming into the sex store and they'd be like, oh, well I just need a rabbit. 
And I'm like, really? Interesting. So, like, so how do you come then? And they're like, well, from the rabbit. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Um, internally or externally? Are we are we looking for... Oh, well, I guess a little bit of both. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So, let me just explain something real quick. I know more about your vagina than you do, so we can cut all this bullshit out. Let's talk about what actually gets you off. And it was magical because I would I mean I would have women crying on this on the showroom floor I'd have women just <laughs> everything like everything every possible emotion anger and awkwardness yeah. and yeah. just it was wonderful yeah. because talking about their own sexuality even though they were proudly in a sex shop I bought this one last time and yeah. I have this one at home but talking about my sexuality is not mm-hmm. acceptable. Right. And so the fact that someone actually knew about them mm-hmm. and what that actually meant was yeah. miraculous. No one, no one, yeah. no one talked about that. Yeah. No one talked. Well, I can't squirt. I'm like, actually, yes, you could. I'm like, you want to come over? Cause I got a massage table at home. I get you there in about an hour. <laughs> and they're just like, what? <laughs> no, what? What? No, 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 no. Maybe no, no, <laughs> yeah. definitely not. But and these these are the, the and the ones that are always the loudest are always the easiest ones to to flip around because they're they lock themselves into little social corners. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful, <laughs> but but it's so true. Female sexuality is demonized, mm-hmm. like openly demonized. Like I said going back to the vigilante thing, like I'm out there to just fuck it all up, and yeah. every party I go to, I get really really uncomfortable women who I'm just like how many times do you come and they're just like oh no we can't talk no yeah. no and because I'll do it in really uncomfortable positions and because it's already uncomfortable so who cares yeah so yeah I talk about sex everywhere I go with everyone mm-hmm. it's fun I it's love a great that. time yeah, yeah. <laughs> it but it's but it needs to happen it's it, yeah. one person at a time you know one woman at a time taking back their sexuality mm-hmm. this whole idea of mm-hmm. femininity this female revolution, it, it, it's a joke right now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's women acting like men mm-hmm. to try to beat men at their own game, mm-hmm. and it's not going to work. It's the, the, you know, why women are getting paid less than men, because they're trying to be men to get paid like men. That's not how women are strong. Women are infinitely stronger than men. I, I am a huge feminist, actually. But the problem is, feminism is feminine not masculine if you be masculine while being a feminist you're just you're they call me female is that fem, feminazis whatever you mm-hmm. yeah where it's i'm gonna be butch and i'm gonna be a man and i'm gonna get paid like a man and no you're not sweetheart no one's gonna take you seriously mm-hmm. however if a feminine woman walked into the same area mm-hmm. and demanded a certain pay mm-hmm. she'd have everyone wrapped around her finger because mm-hmm. true femininity leads mm-hmm. masculinity through everything it, it's true it, it's it, it, it down to a biological level it's yeah. absolutely true mm-hmm. my favorite thing is studying these old tribes because they're all matriarchal societies yeah. where the women lead yeah. and the men who are masculine and hold yeah. the space and protect the space yeah. are just that the women are the ones in power yeah. because that is because femininity is more powerful and that's the loving nurturing guidance that we need as a human race mm-hmm. not this power driven i'm gonna go blow it all up mm-hmm. to show that i have a bigger dick because i'm insecure about the size of my actually small dick so if yeah. i'm gonna blow it all up that's why we're seeing so much violence in the, the person mm-hmm. this is going on a huge 
government rant. But anyways, <laughs> women need to take back over, make the world a loving place, all that world peace mm-hmm. nonsense. But so, um, <laughs> all comes back to taking back the sexuality, the, the female orgasm coming back into becoming a relevant topic and, mm-hmm. and being openly discussed and um, praised as much as... Cause it, you hear about guys who, oh man, I fucked this one girl. Oh, I, you hear guy talk all the time. It's all about how they did something to some woman. Right. None of them talk about how good their orgasm was. Mm -hmm. You ever pay attention to even movies and say, oh man, Mm -hmm. I came so hard. No, they don't talk about how deep and like amazing their orgasm was. They just dominated this one girl. Mm -hmm. They just, and it's dominated. It's, I have a whole nother rant on domination. Domination has nothing to do with anything that most people think it does but they got one over on this one girl is essentially what they're talking about yeah and that's the extent of it it's shallow it's meaningless it's okay like maybe she just needed to get laid maybe she used you to get what she needed and you are actually just because of because you know this whole gender reversal thing that's happening where men are becoming the feminine ones and women are becoming the masculine ones and no one's really good at it but like they're just keeping on because it's kind of working for now mm-hmm. i think with that it's more of just like a numbers game and then it becomes a competition between the guys that's exactly all it really it. is like it's not about the actual like act and like how it was it was more like oh i got this quality it's yeah. not it's quantity, quantity. Not quality. quality. it's like being yeah. able to like take your phone out and like show like the pictures of the people that you're with. Yeah, that's like, it. how many notches do you have? Exactly, I, that's what I was thinking. How yeah. many notches are on your headboard? Mm-hmm. It's yep. like, okay, yeah, great, but you probably suck in bed. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I beat most people when it comes to numbers, except for a couple couple guys that just blow my numbers out of the water. I mean, most of the time in these conversations, they're like, oh, like, I've got, I, I, well, I've slept with over 70 women. I'm like, that's it? really how old are you when did you lose your virginity man that's pathetic what about the quality they're like uh yeah and i'm like dude i've done i've done way more than that in half the time and my quality is is way better than yours Mm -hmm. what's the problem like is there an issue then we can start getting into some therapy i'm a therapist don't worry i can help you have a problem i can help yeah but it it flips it and and i've actually have that conversation with a lot of guys Mm -hmm. and it's super emasculating it's 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 good that you're having those conversations with them because they're not having that it's me being combative (laughs) no but still because they need to get woke yeah (laughs) i know but it it just angers them and then they shut down and they move in and then they just go poorly fuck some more women (laughs) so it it's it's horrible but it's just me being rebellious and yeah but that's okay yeah, it's it, it, I do what I can. I do what it's I can. Fine. I go try to help the women it's after. Yeah. 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 yeah, Give me a list of the women you've slept with. I'm gonna uh, go yeah. help them. Uh, yeah, it's like yeah. I'm done with you, but yeah, just... yeah. I can I can at least help the ones yeah. you've you've poorly had your way with. So yeah. Yeah. I have some very strong feelings on this whole subject. Mm-hmm. Just, it makes me cringe. I, I talk to women and I'm just like, oh, sweetheart. Just come over. Just, yeah. just come over. <laughs> let me like, show you. Like, I won't even do anything to you. Let's just, let me just show you what it's supposed <laughs> yeah. to happen. Yeah. It's... <sighs> I have, like, so many questions. I know just, you do. This would go forever. Yeah. Let's talk about just, like, BDSM. Okay. Um, four parts. Bondage, discipline, um, sadism, masochism, mas- uh, master, dominant. 
um, uh, submissive master, slave master, mm -hmm. however you want to submissive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's actually six parts instead of a four letter word. So each each um, duo is a relationship. Mm -hmm. um, so bondage, discipline, um, sadism, masochism. They're they're synonymous with they're you know they they complement each other. Mm -hmm. I think I think what's helpful is what do you think people think of when they think of BDSM? Fifty versus, Shades of Grey. Yes. yes. Versus what is it really? It's not abuse. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, I think this is like super helpful to Fifty Shades of Grey. I actually did a whole discussion panel on this. Yeah, got, I'm you know, sure. They did a play downtown, and I got asked to come in and talk about this specifically. And I'm like, Fifty Shades of Grey is awesome because it's bringing BDSM into the limelight uh -huh. and being more socially acceptable. It's not awesome because it's promoting abuse. BDSM is about being safe, sane, and consensual mm -hmm. in a non-abusive, safe way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they're completely opposite. Yeah. They are not synonymous. Christian Grey is, as much as I appreciate the people who have <laughs> called me Christian Grey-like, it is cringeworthy when they mm -hmm. call me that because yeah. I'm not a destroyed child who's trying to take right. his abuses out on other women. Right. That's what people associate it with because mm -hmm. those books were awful and the movies were worse and you know it's <laughs> it, it's masturbation material for the for the common woman. They don't know any better, to be completely honest. Um, they come in. They used to come in. Well, I read all three books yeah. because I would have five women a day come in. And I want that thing from Fifty Shades of Grey, and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking what? about? <laughs> yeah. Don't know. They, they wanted Benoit balls oh. because oh my god that sounds amazing and then I want my boyfriend to hit me because oh she had the best orgasm and and I'm like one you would never ever ever strike someone in the stomach it's a it's a big no no area um, is that what happened yeah she yeah yeah um, hit her across this area oh. um, Benoit balls are an exercise. Toy, right. not a stimulation toy. They are stimulating, but it's not actually. And then it was, well, I want the ones with the strings so I don't lose them. And I'm like, do you know how They're, your vagina works? Because yeah. as soon as that came out, I'm like, you lost all credibility because it looks like this and they're not going anywhere. Yeah, it's not... Yeah, it's that's not her, your ass. Exactly. Your ass will that's take that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had those that. stories too. <clears throat> Got the butt plug, lost it in the ass. Or I tried to use dildo, lost it in the ass. Well, just sit on the toilet and relax. Yeah. Um, so they'd come in asking for these things, thinking they were going to spice up their sex life. And I'm like, sweetheart, you just bought the equivalent of dumbbells to yeah. spice up your sex life. It, yeah. It's not for that. I can teach you what they are for, but... Mm -hmm. BDSM realistic act, realistically actually is is therapy. It's a it's a physical form of therapy. Well, not just physical because there's the social, mental, emotional, mm -hmm. um, physical and sexual part of it. But a lot of people don't know. But I've I'm, back when I would train, I would train slaves and subs and submissives mm -hmm. and play dominance games with other doms and um, who could out top another and all this fun stuff. It's all therapeutic. All of it is working out. What is, what isn't, um, exploring a deeper level of yourself. Most people's, um, I always relate everything to a spectrum. If you look mm -hmm. at a, a spectrum, everyone's, most people's, well, actually, that's being generous. Most people's <laughs> sexual spectrum is about here. Mm -hmm. They go in and they've experienced a certain amount of, of pleasure, and that gets them to about here. Um, but they're terrified of pain. So their ability to feel pleasure gets stunted about here because without one, you can't experience the other. Without happiness, there's no sadness. Without joy, there's no anger. and All this fun stuff. Um, 
if you don't know one, you don't know the other. So you, you can experience a certain amount of it and then you get stopped there and I have a great sex life because I can go from zero to one and, and I'm good. BDSM unlocks all of that potential. I would bring women in who I've never had sex with. We've, we've never done anything other than I beat the shit out of them a couple times, mm -hmm. um, played some dominance games and that was about it and that was enough because then they went on to lead successful, healthy, amazing relationships and sex lives mm -hmm. and because they could expand their, their level of self, they could start saying yes to things that scared them. Fear and excitement are the exact same emotion in the body, um, just imagine whether it's a yes or no. And that goes with all motions. If, if you experience any kind of sensation in your body, um, you're either gonna say yes or you're gonna say no to it, and it's gonna turn into one or the other. It's gonna, if it's, if it's excitement, you say, you know, you're saying yes. If it's fear, you're saying no. If it's um, acceptance, you're saying yes. If it's shame, you're saying no. That's what this all comes down to. Saying yes in a safe place with proper boundaries, knowing that you aren't gonna be harmed um, that it's gonna hurt like hell, but it, you're not gonna be harmed at any point in time. You get to create a bigger spectrum for yourself. So at the end of it, you can have amazing sex. You can you can experience all those wonderful things that Disney promised you but never delivered. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a, a lot of the women I've I've been poly with went on and never were poly again. They're getting married to a monogamous relationship and are happy and fun and intimate with their partners, and and that was it. They had this experience and it was. It was opening enough for them to, to create something healthy in their life. Mm -hmm. So realistically, BDSM is therapy in a depraved, wonderful way, but it's, mm -hmm. it's therapeutic. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because I don't think anyone no. would think about it that way. No. Not if you're not in the scene. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Everyone in the scene knows, which mm -hmm. is why they're all in the scene. Mm -hmm. No, and then you get the, the problem is, is then you get the people who are loudest about it. Because because if if you if you talk to the people who are actually in the scene, they're they're really not loud about it. They're they're in their little thing and they're comfortable and they're secure and they don't care about the rest of you know whoever else is involved. Those people who are super loud about oh well you know sweetheart I'm super kinky and you're gonna have a great time in bed with me. Whoever's barking the loudest, mm -hmm. you can guarantee they are mm -hmm. terrible in bed and you should just run the other direction. Mm -hmm. Worst <laughs> worst sex I've ever had. I was in a really bad place. It was my ex's. One of my ex's friends, at the time was kind of her best friend, um, she kept bragging to me. And I, was, I was in a very dark place. My grandfather had just died, so. But she kept coming over, and she was like, oh, my boyfriend says I'm so good in bed, and he just loves when I do all these things. And um, going back to the time I faked an orgasm, mm -hmm. twice. Because I had to have sex with her a second time because I couldn't believe that it was that bad. So you gave it a second chance? Of course, always. <laughs> You can't try something just once. What if it was just weird? What if it was it's just something? True. You have to try everything at least twice. I had sex with her twice, and it was equally awful both times. Oh and that she like talked torture. about herself more than anyone yeah. else I have ever been with. Yep. Yikes. They start talking like that, run the other way. Uh-huh. That's good. I know that yeah. now. <laughs> and in, and in, in far as BDSM goes, you're probably going to get hurt. Mm -hmm. If they start mm -hmm. talking, oh, sweetheart, I'd tie you up and I, really, what kind of knot would you use? What kind of rope? Oh, well, I've, I've got some rope at home. Oh, do you? Let me, let me see here. What kind of rope is it? Because if it's paracord, you're definitely going to burn me. If it's nylon, going to burn. If it's a handkerchief, um, that'll probably cut your circulation off and yeah. you're going to have to cut it and 
I guarantee he doesn't have scissors around, so he might use a knife, so he might cut you that way. Um, so what kind of rope, what kind of knots? You want to tie me up and do some dirty, disgusting stuff? Awesome, I'm game. Um, what are you going to use? Mm -hmm. Okay, so paracord, really, really bad to use because it will burn the shit out of you. Because mm -hmm. um, when you pull, if he starts touching you in the right places, which I out, but if, <laughs> if he chances upon the clitoris or something even close, maybe. Japanese silk rope, super soft, pull hard as you want, won't burn. The other problem is, is uh, he's going to be tying you up, so he's going to be really, really close to some nerve bundles. And you could actually get permanent damage if uh, something presses on it too long or too tight or mm -hmm. um, anything along here or on here or there's in here. Um, up in here is a popular one. Um, nothing around the neck because, God, you just met him. Um, <laughs> hemp is another really good one. Um, hemp? Uh, hemp um, or jute, another really popular one. Is it organic? All natural, yep. This one, this one is going to, you're going to feel this one a lot more, but it's also a lot more authentic. It's a lot more, um, there's something very natural about using natural materials. And this one is amazing for that. You said that was what, this one that I'm holding is hemp? And yeah, that one is... no, it's the same thing. Oh, it's the same. Uh, yeah, yeah. What do you mean something natural about it? When you're playing with bondage, you're playing with um, restricting yourself in the most biological sense. Um, I'm going to tie you to my bed, which is what that would be for, those strap, that black strappy that's thing. That's a 14-point restraint system for underneath the bed. Mm. So um, first thing you know, someone's going to do is they're probably just going to tie you to their bed because that doesn't take a lot of creativity it's it's simple it's easy it's kind of kinky that's a 14 point restraint system you can tie someone in any number of fun positions um which is essentially going to take away your ability to physically protect yourself physically block basic functionality is to protect yourself when you start feeling vulnerable bondage is there to remove that ability so if you can't protect yourself what's going to happen you start seeing better yeah. you start uh, feeling more because if, if you can't mm -hmm. if you can't physically you're gonna feel more all yeah. of your senses get all yeah. of your nerves come awake and, and you start feeling more you'll taste more you'll smell more all of your other senses all of a yeah. sudden come on red alert okay we uh, we physically can't move mm -hmm. and then you start bringing in excitement which hopefully it's excitement not fear because once again it's the same emotion yeah. mm -hmm. um, Fear means you're saying no and you're feeling like this isn't a safe place for you to be. Um, excitement is saying yes and what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. Either way, you're on red alert. Mm -hmm. So bondage is an amazing point to start because then you're feeling 10 times more than you normally would. Mm -hmm. Then we take blindfolds, which we have over there as well, um, take away your ability to see. Mm -hmm. um, we gag you because you can't communicate because that's another weapon we have is to protect ourselves as yeah. words. Mm -hmm. Also the ability to um, reach out with the tongue or really mm -hmm. kind of take anything else in. And if you really want to get into it, you can actually put um, either headphones or earplugs in. Earplugs. Taking away everything except for the ability to smell, which because you need to be able to breathe, yeah. um, you can effectively take that away by incensing the room or mm -hmm. um, other coffee nullifying mm -hmm. um, senses in the room. Um, it's effectively eliminating that and your ability to feel. Like mm -hmm. that, at the end of it, that's all it is. Mm -hmm. Everything you take away, it just heightens more and more and more. So when you play with bondage, creating this wide spectrum of everything I feel is going to be heightened 
5, 10, 20, 30%. But it also leaves you highly vulnerable, which um, in the mind will create, can either create wonderful experiences or really traumatic ones. Mm -hmm. Because as soon as something happens that you don't trust, your body's gonna, your subconscious is gonna try to protect you, say no, and then no takes off. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it's no to everything else, and oh my God, everything was just, it was so uncomfortable, it was so bad, and it was so, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. As long as you're saying yes, and you're safe, and you feel comfortable with it, it's a grand experience. Um, you can have a safe, wonderful experience. Sex is amazing with bondage. Um, any kind of toys, any kind of vibrators, that is a whole nother level. Super fun. But it's about creating that safe environment. Mm-hmm. Um, which ultimately is where my all my negotiations and, mm-hmm. and interviews came into play. The more and more I developed them and moved into this, um, my negotiations and, and, and interviews of girls were became much more thorough. Because I would put girls in very, very uncomfortable... I knew they were safe because mm-hmm. I knew I knew what I was doing. But most of these girls I'd met were had just met me. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking about a week in and they're allowing me to tie them, blindfold them, and gag them on my bed in a dark room that was filled with incense. And they had no... Yeah. So... But, but, but before all that, you would also like talk about like what it was, like your your limits and everything, and what everything. Was okay, that's that's why I said the negotiations became mm-hmm. so because I'm not a person for casual conversation. Mm-hmm. It bores me, and I I'm not interested if that's what you really want to talk about. Um, I want to get to know people. I I don't do well in large groups because I'm a huge introvert. Um, I do really well with the individual. Mm-hmm. When I meet an individual, especially if there's some fascination there, I want to get to know everything and deep and go into it and what what are your hard limits? What are your soft limits? What are you into? What are you looking to achieve out of this? Um, what are your past experiences? Any traumas? Any injuries? And ultimately, what type of woman would you like to be at the end of this? Because for me personally as a therapist, even when I was having sex and playing with these girls, for me, that was all therapy, because mm-hmm. my sexual experience was a huge therapeutic process, mm-hmm. and I wanted to pass that on, and I wanted to help others, and this was my way of doing it. This mm-hmm. was my my way of helping them through a lot of their stuff. And what's more intimate and pa- uh, powerful than going into a really uncomfortable sexual situation and making it wonderful? Mm-hmm. So I would create s- spectacles. I would create scenes. I would create I would tie girls to a cross or over a spanking bench or hang them from a doorway or within you know weeks of knowing them mm-hmm. and and take them through a very powerful and intense experience that's real sex therapy right there yeah <laughs> it, to be honest that that's what it evolved into yeah, yeah. that's that's exactly what it was honestly i just i, I just wanted to take them all home and because for me it, it's never about physical attraction i, I love physical attraction. i think all women are beautiful in every way but I never pick my partners based off of physical attraction. If it was purely physical, I usually had no interest in mm-hmm. doing anything with you. Because it's still part of it, but it's the smallest part for me. If there was a connection, if there was a, an, you know, an intimacy, an emotional, a mental connection, I was game. Mm-hmm. I, I Absolutely, yeah. let's go back. Let's right now. That's what matters most anyway. Yeah. If you want to have good sex, that is exactly what it is. Because yeah. the rest of it is completely irrelevant Mm -hmm. Um, physical attraction is based off of a subconscious program that we create through the um, collective existence that we've lived through Mm -hmm. so the fact of the matter is is what you're physically attracted to 
is bullshit and can be altered within 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, physical yeah. has nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes all you need is permission and a positive experience to go along with it, mm-hmm. to solidify it. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes, sometimes it's just people are just scared to say yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I taught a class one time, uh, How to Improve Your Orgasm. And I walked in and I was like, all right, guys, everyone say yes. And they're like, Yes. Like, no, 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 no. Let me, let me, let me say. Everyone say yeah, and they're like, "Oh, yes, yeah." They get getting into it, and I'm like, "All right, now say I give myself permission to have a better orgasm," and everyone was just like, <laughs> "What? Oh, no." You want to? You can't just tell me to like rub my clit harder or something. Like, yeah. do you want me to actually? Yeah. So that like it, we started really fun, and I, that went so deep so quick, and it was, <laughs> but it's true. It, it, if you think about it, um, even, I mean, you girls are clearly very open. Have you ever actually physically given yourself permission to just have a better orgasm? I've never thought about I've, it that I've way. I've never I've thought never, about it that no, way. No. And most people don't. No. Go home and, you know, choose your respective partner and try it subconsciously and own it. You can't, you can't just say it because you, you have to physically own it. But, like, I give myself permission to have a better orgasm this time. But it's true. It's it. That's that's realistic. What it, realistically, what it all comes down to is yeah. is just giving yourself permission. Mm-hmm. So back to BDSM. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and actually, the original question of BDSM versus what people think it is. Yeah. It, it got to a point where I I was I hit a certain number um, of partners, and I was just like, you know what, I. At one point in my life, I was like, yeah, like, numbers are fun. Like, let's see how high we can get, and let's do this whole thing. As a, as a personal kind of, I'm a gamer, so, you know, like, tallies and stuff like that. Sure, why not? But I got to a point where I'm like, all right, that's out of my system. I'm over that. Um, quality. It's all about quality. So, what do you offer? And I would start asking this to girls in in these interviews and these like we'd start talking online or whatever and I'd be like alright let's go grab coffee so we'd sit down and we'd start talking I'm like alright awesome what do you have to offer any relationship no matter if it's a friendship or a partnership or a professional it's all based on an exchange of value mm-hmm. uh, at it's fundamental level it's all an exchange of value and I know what I have to offer is very valuable um, I and I can list it I can give you a list of all the things I offer um, if we decide to have sex, make it a one-night stand, make it an ongoing relationship. Here's what I offer, and that's very clear, but what do you offer? Mm-hmm. And of the large number of girls I went about this way uh, with, I had maybe one or two who actually had an answer for me. Mm. Um, I would have girls who I would stop the conversation, send them away, and be like, come back to me when you have a list. And... Um, at that point, it was no longer me seeking a sexual companion. It was me just trying to help that poor girl out because she didn't even understand what she offered as other than getting naked. I'll have sex with you. And I'm like, sweetheart, I don't want to have sex with you. What do you have to offer? And that's when they were just like, what do you mean that like just me being here and naked isn't enough? Because that would get into a whole other realm. I'm like, we won't have a good sex life if that's what you think you offering something is. And most of the girls, not all of them, but most of them took it pretty well and would go home and they would, I mean, I, I would get listed, lists texted to me, like take a picture and send it over and here's, here's the list of my personal value. I'm like, that is awesome. How do you feel now? 
And I'm like, oh, actually, you're really good. Can we meet up again? Like, then they would get really excited mm-hmm. because they had something to offer. Offer? You mean like personal value offer? Personal value. Okay. I mean, I mean, cuddling is a skill. I mean, so my my list of skills were, you know, I offer a safe comfortable space for you to explore your femininity that's one thing that i offer inside of my relationships i can teach you how to squirt i can do this i have i have physical concrete skills that i can teach you i can also provide this for you inside of this this space that we're talking about creating and like i said other than one or two who had maybe two or three things that they could name off most women can't actually and actually it's not just women i, I shouldn't say that because i interviewed a couple men too no one can mm-hmm. explain what their personal value is inside of a relationship whatsoever. It is appalling, but it's true. Mm-hmm. They, they, they don't understand what they bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, cause then you, then I, a couple of them, I, I went about even further and it was like, what makes you think you're worthy of dating me then? And they're just, excuse me. Mm-hmm. I'm a woman. Like I'm, I'm yeah. hot. I'm attractive. That's enough. I'm that. That's enough. Yeah. And I'm no, here. It's not. I'm here. Yeah. I'm saying yes. Have you ever tried to date someone who was just hot and there and would say yes to you? That that is not a relationship. That is a prostitute. <laughs> Male or female, I don't care. That, yeah. that that's. There's got to be more that they have to bring to the table. Otherwise, you're gonna have bad sex. And, and I'm just at this point, I'm yeah. just saving us both from a bad experience. Yeah. Because, I mean, granted, I I don't really have bad sex because I think horrible sex is wonderful because I love awkward situations and I love really uncomfortable emotions and um my first threesome was horrible but it was amazing I wouldn't change it for anything but um so I always have good sex but that's because I'm really good with myself I know mm-hmm. I know how to have sex whether my partner has a good time is is largely based on her involvement in that mm-hmm. if you don't understand what's what you're receiving you're, you're gonna have a bad time either way so it all came back to a exchange of value, but an acknowledgement of value, the acknowledgement that I actually offer something in in coming to this, because it's just it's just as much of the guy's problem and, and fault as the girl's. But they're so desperate for anyone to say yes to them mm-hmm. that they just accept a naked girl in front of them, yeah. and oh my gosh, I can have sex with her, and the sex is bad to mediocre, mm-hmm. and. Then they're just like, oh my God, thank you for the opportunity to even do that. And then the girl's like, oh, but he wasn't that good. I'm like, but sweetheart, you don't deserve better. Not in the grand scheme of things, because all women deserve better. All people deserve better. But you don't deserve better because the you who you're choosing to be right now Mm -hmm. doesn't deserve more because you're not giving anymore. Mm -hmm. This is the value you're offering. This is the value you're getting. Mm -hmm. It's, It's ultimately coming down to that. So... So we, we exist on five levels. Um, we have our physical, emotional, mental, uh, spiritual, and sexual. We have our five levels that we exist. I'm like, all right, now what do you offer on every single one of those levels? And until you can give me that list, you're not going anywhere. And so they'd go home and they'd write down their list. And that, that's a difficult thing. I don't know if you've ever tried to go through all those levels. I'm like thinking about it right yeah. now. I'm like, oh. It's, it's, real, it's really not... And honestly, like, you get to spiritual and you're like, I'm a spiritual person. Like, I'm a good yeah. person. I, yeah. And you start, you have a, you have this inner conflict yeah. because mm-hmm. I know I'm valuable, but I can't tell anyone how. Mm-hmm. And until you can articulate that, you'll never really kind of live up to your own potential mm-hmm. of, of value or getting the type of person you want or persons you want or deserve. Because if you can't articulate it, how can you expect anyone else yeah. to? 
but you know every woman I want you know a six foot blonde Australian man who's good shape and loves dogs and has a good job and loves his mother but not too much and you don't deserve that her value is right here and it, it you can't even tell him how I you deserve him because as soon as you see your own value you stop accepting mediocre mm -hmm. it, it it's it's simple it's basic yeah. human functionality if you think you deserve better you more than likely will go get it yeah I think that just even talking about that you're going into like way deeper connection with that person anyway so your relationship the quality is going to be far greater just by that conversation alone. Absolutely. Like who even thinks about I don't even think about this stuff. This is this is what takes you to the next level. This is mm -hmm. what this is what creates that rapport. And you, your yeah. rapport should take 30 seconds to create. You walk up you walk you walk to someone in a bar and you just kind of have a connection with them. Mm -hmm. Okay, rapport, connected, done. You can do that with anyone, anywhere, anytime. I've I've been into a conversation 20 minutes with random straight non-sexual guys and we've got into conversations about yeah life and their person every blasted open i've had i've i've actually had one experience where hanging out um at a bar um it wasn't it was like a restaurant but started talking to this guy and we got into the deepest conversation where i he actually started crying at the and i was like whoa pull it back because i had i it was conversational i was practicing conversational hypnosis and mm. um so I had him pull back the emotions just because it wasn't safe here, pulled it back, and, and we just kept going. And it was just, we maintained this level just, and we went so deep. It was hugely rewarding. It was amazing. At the end of it, he's like, dude, like, that was amazing. Like, just yeah. wonderful. That was a wonderful experience. And we just shook hands and went our separate ways, and that was it. Yeah. Like, yeah. it was report, like you said before, it, you know, it doesn't take mm -hmm. six sessions to build. It, it it takes someone who understands and is willing to go there with you. Mm -hmm. So the human condition is easy because everyone's so desperate for someone just to be there that a valuable person who's who knows their value mm -hmm. um, that it, it it's really it doesn't take that long mm -hmm. because because everyone wants it so bad. Mm -hmm. So. I don't know. I feel like just the whole topic, the discussion has just been like so eye-opening and it's like, yeah. Yeah, I think like a lot of people who might be curious to ask questions don't even know where to go to ask those questions. Yeah. They don't, like, they might be thinking of all these different things that they are curious about and set aside the stigma and the taboo and everything mm -hmm. else. They're like, okay, well, even if I wanted to, who like, would I ask? Who, who am I going to yeah. go ask? So that, yeah, that's a good question. Like, how do you even like, Obviously, we met by chance, <laughs> so, but had I not met you or known you, how would I even begin to go and, like, learn about all of this? That's the problem. Yeah. I think this goes back to what we're talking about. Like, everything is so, like, compartmentalized. Like, uh -huh. you can't just go and talk to somebody about yeah. these things. You have to know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody because it's so entrenched. Yeah. You know where I got all my information? personal experience yeah most of the stuff I talk about is mm -hmm. based off personal theories and personal experiences mm -hmm. so well where are you where were you finding like these girls to interview 
Like, was there... Sex store. A sex store, mm-hmm. mostly? Mostly. Okay. Was And then, I think you mentioned something, like, online. Is there anything other, like, online? I used to date a lot online, and that was it. I would date a lot. I would... I think, on average, I was dating about four new women a month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like, on what for, platforms? OkCupid, Tinder... Okay scout i just put my profile out there very blatant very open this is what i'm looking for and the braver of the women would talk to me mm-hmm. and we would start talking and you know of the you know dozens of women who would contact then i would pick you know a couple who were genuinely interested and weren't um just bullshitting and then we'd meet up for coffee and then you know like i said you know, mm-hmm. that, that ended up being about i think for every like 10 to 15 women I talked to online maybe one of them I would actually like meet up with mm-hmm. um, and those are really high numbers um, most people it's it's more like a 20 or 30 to 1 mm-hmm. um, the problem is 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 a lot of people don't under either know what to ask or know that they can ask mm-hmm. um, you know another basic conversation is y- your sexual history and any STDs mm-hmm. um, as as basic as that is, I've never been asked that. Mm-hmm. Like in in, I I initiated asking that, mm-hmm. but I've never had a woman who I have slept with up until the point where I started asking, be like, oh whoa, whoa, whoa. like when was the last time you were checked and are you clean? Mm-hmm. Like that was me asking, not them. Like I mean, I've always been very very careful, but mm-hmm. I was a huge slut, so they didn't know where I would where I had been mm-hmm. or yeah. I, it's. No, like, and I appreciate you for asking that because I've never had a guy ask me that. I've always had to ask. So I've never heard of a guy actually asking that question. Yeah, and and now with the, the HPV thing, that's even that's a whole other realm because I can't be tested for that. Mm-hmm. I had a partner who she thought she got it for me, and mm-hmm. I'm like, sweetheart, I've got five women who don't have it, but you just told me you just slept with this girl the other night. Like, mm. mm-hmm how are you blaming this one on me? And mm-hmm. so she, she t- messaged me, hey, I just found out I have HPV. I'm like, that sucks. Like, I feel bad for you, but you don't ask. Mm-hmm. Like, I asked you, but because mm-hmm. I know I'm clean because I get tested every fucking... Yeah, but like I said, HPV is yeah. a... That's a whole other one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, yeah. And how you test that, unfortunately, is finding out if that person has any partners who has it mm-hmm. and talking about their sexual history yeah. and... And a lot of people don't get tested, too. That's yeah. another thing. Yeah. Which there's no excuse for, because um, where I have been at, in my, like, I, I have, I've had jobs where I made good money, and I've had jobs where I made absolute shit. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been po- at points in my life where I had zero dollars to my name, and I got tested regularly. Mm-hmm. Planned Parenthood is amazing. Mm-hmm. Go in there, tell them you don't have any income, they will test you for free, and go. Th- you can go through all the different tests. Mm-hmm. No problems, no questions asked. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. No excuses mm-hmm. whatsoever. Yeah. So, you don't have time? Well, then I don't have time then to I sleep don't have with time you. For you. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. that's gross. Yeah. Um, because that's the only thing that ruins sex is that. Mm-hmm. Well, good. thank you, Alex, for taking the time to even talk to us today about. Your life and your experiences, my eyes have been opened. <laughs> yeah, I think it's incredibly valuable to sit with someone who's honest and experienced and mm-hmm. just open because, like we've talked about the whole time, it's 
incredibly difficult to find people who are willing to sit and talk with you. And it maybe it's not that there aren't a lot of people who are willing, but there is that gap that we need to bridge mm-hmm. so that that communication is easier to happen. So we appreciate it. Yeah. A lot. And thank you for being unfiltered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Detriment sometimes. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be a recurring guest on yeah, our podcast yeah. just because I love this so much. Um, so if any of you have any questions, sex related, BDSM related, whatever related, then send them our way. You can email us at therapistunfiltered at gmail.com. And we'll be sure to, yeah, ask those questions. Yep. We'll get back to you. All right. Thanks for tuning in.